What's up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another Review Point podcast coming to you from fanboysanonymous.com. I'm, of course, your host, as always, Tony Mango, and my target to review for this edition is Solo, a Star Wars story, the latest in the Star Wars saga, which takes place between episode three and four before Rogue One, which is before some of the other, it's a real fucking hard timeline to figure out, but uh, <laughs> if you follow the Star Wars story, in general, then you pretty much know where to go. Uh, this is the Han Solo story and the uh, events that we had heard about in the original films, the original original films, not episode one and three and all that and stuff. And this is directed by Ron Howard, who had taken over after the guys who did uh, the Phil uh, Lord and Chris Miller. And, you know, they did the, the movie originally, and then they ended up having some problems and stuff, which made me go into the movie with very low expectations. On top of that, I went into this with very low expectations with the idea that I had absolutely hated the majority of The Last Jedi, and I think that that really, uh, that really cut down into what I like about the Star Wars saga. It's been like five months, or actually a little bit more than five months at this point, since that movie came out, and in this half of a year... I really haven't liked Star Wars as much as I used to. So when I went into Solo, I expected it to be a film that was going to be very troubled. And it was also going to be a, a scenario where maybe they did screw up a little bit more of the whole canon and all that other kind of stuff. So, you know, that ended up being something that was on my mind too. Uh, but before I get into what I actually thought about it, I want to tell everybody the way that this works. Uh, the things that I liked about the movie are the hits. The things I disliked about the movie are the negatives, the misses. And the first little section here is going to be spoiler-free. And I'll give you a warning about the spoilers ahead of time when that part comes up. So there you go. Now you know what's coming up ahead of you. First things first, what did I think about the movie in a spoiler-free context? Well, I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. I... Don't want to say that it's, like, fantastic or anything, because there's problems with it, you know, uh, even the best movies have their problems, but in this case, I went into it with, as I said, such low expectations that it ended up uh, far exceeding what I was expecting, and in the grand scheme of things, this is a good movie. I liked it a lot in, in the ways that I was hoping that I would. I didn't dislike it in the ways that I thought that I would, kind of hit the couple of marks that I wanted it to hit, and it ended up being perfectly fine like that. Uh, my big issue with this, in the non-spoiler sense, and not diving into like incredible details and stuff, is that I feel like it's a little bit rushed, and that some parts of the movie don't really hold up as well as some other ones. There's a couple characters that I don't think really play as big a parts as they probably should have, and it's the type of thing where it works okay, as part of a bigger story, but without knowing that bigger story, you're not going to like it as much. So if you're not a big Star Wars fan who would appreciate a lot of some of the parts in it that you would kind of go like, oh man, yeah, I see where that's coming from and stuff like that. Some of it might not really play as much to you, but you still could get some uh, some good stuff out of it. And that kind of shows that maybe that's a little bit of a plus and a minus at the same time. Maybe it's a little bit mainstream and maybe you don't like that. Maybe it's what you were looking for in a solo movie. Maybe it wasn't. It's a, you know, everything's subjective, so you never really know. But at least from my perspective, it was the type of thing where I kind of thought it was better than I expected and it doesn't screw anything up. It 
uh, keeps canon the way that it should and kind of builds on a couple of other little elements that I liked. And overall, I'd give it a thumbs up. I'd give it a hit overall. But now we're going to get into the spoiler section of this. So if you've not seen the movie yet and you don't want to know what happens, bookmark this, go watch the movie, come back and check this out later. But if you don't care about being spoiled, then by all means, continue on because we're going to talk about specific characters and moments in the movie and different things like that. So the first thing to address here, Alden Reich as Han Solo. He didn't seem like Han Solo to me, not 100%. And maybe that's partially because Han Solo was so ingrained in Harrison Ford, but maybe it's also just him, or maybe it's the writing, I don't know. He did seem enough like Han Solo that I suspended my disbelief enough in the movie where I was kind of buying the idea that this is a story of Han Solo before we had gotten to know Han Solo and everything like that, but it's still just not the same. So I wouldn't give him a hit. I wouldn't give him a miss. He's in a weird scenario where maybe I'd give him more of a hit than anything else just because it was an impossible task to pull off. It's kind of like when you have a new person play James Bond, by this point, we've had a bunch of them so they can put their own little spin on it. But if you're having somebody come into the same universe with the same continuity and they're really trying to just be the same person, it's hard to actually match up with that, especially because this is Han Solo pretty much right before he's Han Solo, uh, like our Han Solo. It's not like Ewan McGregor when he was Obi-Wan Kenobi, what, you know, decades ahead of time where he's a young man at that point versus an old man. That's a completely different type of person. And when you get Han Solo within a couple of years of the uh, episode four, it's hard not to draw your comparisons and stuff. So that's something to keep in mind. And, you know, maybe he played a little bit more up to you than what I thought. Maybe he completely stepped out of the role and you didn't identify with him at all. You know, it's uh, it kind of depends on your perspective of Han Solo. Han is not my favorite character in the Star Wars story. So I am not as tied into that as I am something like the Jedi story. And that's why something like The Last Jedi bugs me, because I really think that Luke Skywalker got screwed over in that movie. Whereas Han represents that side of Star Wars that I'm not the biggest fan of. There's sort of two aspects of Star Wars. There's like the Jedi story, and then there's the sci-fi spaceships and blaster guns and aliens side. I tend to refer to it as, like, there's Star Wars and there's Star Trek. A lot of people seem to really like the spaceship and hyperdrive and, you know, like, all that other kind of stuff more than anything else. And that's why they would really, really like this movie for the fact that that's what it kind of hinges itself on. But that's not my thing. My thing is the Jedi story. So that was another element of it that I was kind of like, meh, you know. I would rather see a movie that was all about the Jedi versus the Sith and stuff like that. Although at this point, I probably wouldn't really want to see it all that much because I know that none of it matters because it all gets thrown away with The Last Jedi. So, um, yeah, that that's why Star Wars is, like, problematic now. But overall, I think that he was okay. And if they were to do another movie, I'd be okay with it. I think that he would get the part down better, too, in another movie with another director that started from the very beginning and stuff. So give him a little bit of a pass when it comes to that. Uh, the tone of this movie was something that I thought was a little bit hit or miss too, and 
you know, you can see that there's a little bit of Ron Howard here and there when it comes to even like the very beginning of the movie where they're having essentially like a motorcycle and car chase kind of a thing. But that's not my type of movie. So when they got out of that element, I liked it a lot more. And when it became like a heist, then I liked the heist part when it became a little bit more of like a smuggler film, you know, there, there's little bits and pieces here and there. Uh, so pluses and minuses there hits and misses along the way. Big hit is Chewbacca. Chewbacca was great. He is full on Chewbacca here. Nothing different, you know, no odd terms of character. Uh, I liked seeing his dedication to, uh, the Wookiees and everything like that. Uh, Big fan of the fact that he pulled somebody's arms off, so that was a good little reference. Big fan of the references in general, actually. Uh, throwing out Bosk, I was just kind of like, "Yeah, hey, I know Bosk," and the whole um, uh, "I have a really good feeling about this" instead of "I have a bad feeling about this," which is kind of strange to me that they would go through the process of having those references in there, but also say that they were not going to do certain other things, like they retired the Willem scream. Why? just to do it and that's a miss for me also a miss for me is the opening credits i still miss the uh the little crawl and i'm it bugs me that these movies don't do it anymore um but i do like the references here and there i wish i could remember all of them but i kind of can't and you know i like that they made the dice part of the element that was something that i was not really necessarily looking forward to but as soon as they popped up i was just like oh the dice okay that's cool so when any time that they did anything like that, I liked it quite a bit. Like, I'm glad that they addressed the Kessel Run, although I'm not sure if I would give that a hit or a miss because it's sort of a combination of what had happened in the Legends continuity, the expanded universe and such, and a little bit of some other stuff. That I, I don't understand the whole tentacle monster thing, and uh, I thought it was like the Maw Cluster or something, and they're talking a lot about some other things, and... I don't know, maybe my continuity just got kind of crossed there, but I'm glad that they addressed it, even though it wasn't anything close to, in some capacities. I mean, um, I'm getting ahead of myself here. I was going to say it, uh, it wasn't too close to what I had imagined it being, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, I think that the idea of the storm and the gravitational field still hit the same marks, just the execution might not have been as great. Uh, the game of Sabacc, I liked that they did that. I like that it was also not a scenario where Han just cheated, that he cheated Lando out of cheating, and that works better for the the original story. So I like that. Big fan of uh, Donald Glover as Lando in the movie, too. He nailed that exactly how he needed to, which was the one thing in the movie that I was not worried about. That and the special effects. I mean, the special effects in these movies have gone to the point where they, they know what they're doing, and they're good. So no weird CGI, no painted matte backgrounds that blend in weird or anything like that. You know that you're going to get some good stuff there. Also, big hit when it comes to the music in the sense that they knew where to use old Star Wars music where it would fit. Like when you've got the Millennium Falcon moving around and you've got that kind of like bum, 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 that kind of thing. You know, that actually works really well. So good call on using those songs in that kind of capacity. Uh, hit was L3, which I don't think that they at a single time referred to in the movie as L337, but Leet, I get it. That's kind of funny. 
L3 was a funny character. I liked the idea that she was fighting for equal rights and stuff like that for droids. It's something that speaks to the current climate, even though Star Wars happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away and stuff. But she was a funny character, and it's good that they had incorporated it away to sort of let her live on. Because when they started showing her around, I was kind of figuring to myself, oh, she's so dead. And when it got to a point where I was hoping that if they killed her off, that they would somehow interject her into the actual Millennium Falcon itself. Really glad to see that they actually did that. You know, they followed the logic of that in a way that I was really happy about. Uh, what else we have here? Uh, I liked Beckett, Tobias Beckett. Um, you got to know with Woody Harrelson ahead of time that when he's in a movie that he's going to be a scoundrel. So as soon as they showed him, I was just like, all right, he's going to fuck over Han at some point. I liked him all the way through. I don't know why they didn't just call him, uh, what was it, Gareth Shrike, I think is the name of the character. Why not just call him that? I think that that would have worked a little bit better and just kind of like carried on some of the legacy of the comics and stuff like that, but whatever. Val, I liked for her supporting part, although at this point I'm so entrenched into Westworld that I was just thinking of Maeve the entire time and wondering why she wasn't controlling all the robots and stuff. Rio? Rio? Rio was his name, I think. Uh, voiced by John Favreau. Did not know that in the movie. I liked him. He was a good part. The the alien with the like forearms and such. He was a good little side character. So thumbs up for him. Oh, also, um, are we supposed to believe that the rescue of Chewbacca is the life debt story, or is that not a plot element? Chime in on that in the comments below and tell me what you think. If so, if it's part of the life debt, then I like it. If not, then missed opportunity. I wasn't the biggest fan of Dryden Voss. I think that he was a little bit on the bland side. He was just a generic villain. And if I remember correctly, he was... Uh, Paul Bettany was not the actual person who was cast in that role. I don't remember who it was, though. It, was, it wasn't Sterling K. Brown, but it was somebody... Um, Jimon Haisu or something like that? Maybe, I don't know. I, I don't remember who it was, but... Maybe that person would have been a little bit better. Although I think Paul Bettany did enough for what his part was written for. And it's just a matter of him being underwritten. The same with the um, infant nest or something. Infus nest. I can't remember the character's name. But that whole thing, I wasn't really digging a whole lot. The design of the character was cool. But I, everything with that, I just kind of, meh. Not the biggest fan. Also, not the biggest fan of Kira. I felt like she was very underwritten. And they also didn't really leave her off on the best note. Like she should have either died or fully turned on Han so that she was kind of dead to him. And I don't know if they're specifically leaving that open to try to do a sequel because they could do something. They could do the whole job of the hut thing, but who knows? I don't know. I uh, would not be so against the idea of she just gets killed off in a comic or something like that. I think that she was just meh. No Boba Fett on this. That's okay to me. I don't think that they need to shoehorn in everybody and every single thing like that. Like, I really did not like in Rogue One where they showed the Doctor... What was his name? Doctor... I can't remember the Doctor's name, but from Tatooine. I didn't like that he was in Jeddah. So... I'm glad that no Boba Fett was in this one. If anything, if they do a sequel, Boba Fett should be in the sequel. 
Same for uh, Jabba. They mentioned Jabba, and that's good enough. You don't need to see Jabba in there. But we got the Millennium Falcon. We got it looking a little bit different, and then it looks back to normal. They did that kind of a thing. They randomly threw in Darth Maul, which really confused the hell out of me, and I'm really curious where that's supposed to go from there. But I don't know if that's really a hit or a miss, because it kind of depends. It's a hit in the sense that I, for a second, was just kind of like, oh, cool. And it's also hit in the way that, like, now we've officially had at least every single Star Wars movie has had a lightsaber get turned on. But I don't know where they're going with that, so I don't know if I really would give it a plus or a minus, a hit or a miss. We'll have to see. Although we know where uh, Darth Maul ends up at the very end of things, and if this is to tie into the Obi-Wan Kenobi story, and we get Obi-Wan maybe like an expansion of that whole thing, or maybe they undo what happened at Rebels, I don't know. Very curious where they go from there. But that is sort of all I really have to say on a whim about the movie. It was good enough to take the sting out of my mouth of The Last Jedi in the sense that the last Star Wars movie I saw wasn't the worst ever and stuff like that. But even though, and I've said this before, even though The Last Jedi isn't the worst Star Wars movie, it's the one that ruined things for me. And I would have rather been okay with a bad movie than one that ruins continuity. And in this scenario, the movie wasn't really great, but it didn't mess up continuity. So that's a plus for me. So overall, this gets a hit. It's another aspect of a bigger story, and that works. But it's not a huge hit in the sense that I don't love the movie. It's more, if you follow the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this is an Iron Man 2 rather than a Captain America Winter Soldier, in the sense that I like Iron Man 2, it's fun, and it does some world building and stuff like that, but fundamentally, it's not the best movie. Winter Soldier, I think, is in that top three best of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and also does all that. So it's not the biggest hit in the world, certainly not a miss, though. Those are my thoughts about the movie, and I want to know what you guys have to say about this, so make sure that you chime in with your opinions on the comments section below, and if you're listening to this on iTunes and Stitcher, just leave a comment on the website post itself. You can do something like that. Make sure you also subscribe to the YouTube channel if you can, and uh, ring the bell for notifications of anything else that comes up next on this channel. And again, if you're listening on iTunes and Stitcher, then you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We've got uh, Fanboys Anon on Twitter, Fanboys Anonymous on Facebook. Buy a t-shirt if you want to show uh, your support for Fanboys Anonymous on the Tee Public or Redbubble pages. You never know when those t-shirt designs are going to get taken down either. So if you see something that you like, buy it as soon as you can because I might not be able to re-upload it and stuff. And if you follow my... Uh, blah, 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 my uh, voice is crapping out here. If you follow my pro wrestling side of things, that is smartoutmoment.com. You can find everything over at smartoutmoment for the WWE stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Mango. And same thing when it comes to Facebook. And just stay tuned to anything else that's coming your way from fanboysanonymous.com. If there's something that pops up that I think is kind of interesting, I'll go ahead and I'll take care of it. If not, then I will see you when I see everybody. Thanks for listening to this. It's time for me to geek out. Adios.